0: Hi everyone, it's Roger here from What's On at DisneyPlus.com, and in this special episode of the What's On Disney Plus podcast, I've got some people with me, and so I'm going to pass this one over to Josh because we're going to be talking all about Disenchanted musicals, a whole host of stuff. So I'm going to pass this one over to Josh, and he's going to be leading us through this one. And yeah, this one's going to be
1: very interesting. Thanks, Roger. It's a thrill to get to be back on What's On Disney Plus. Uh, you know, musicals are such a big genre for, for Disney+. Plus. Uh, you know, Disney's known for their animated musicals. They're known for their live-action musicals, Mary Poppins, and uh, so many others. Uh, of course, I think the biggest Disney Plus original, uh, perhaps thus far, has been Hamilton um, a couple of years back. And so now, though, you have Disenchanted coming onto the service. Uh, the sequel to the much-beloved uh, Amy Adams, uh, you know, star- it was really a, the first kind of big discovery of her as a talent. And, uh, you know, she's gone on to very much bigger and better things, you might say. But uh, there's always such a love for this original Enchanted musical. Um, and now Disenchanted, the sequel, is out on Disney+. Plus. All of us have seen it. Uh, this is an interesting crew of folks who are uh, from all over and have some different perspectives. And so I'm excited to kind of bring people together and, and explore this a little bit. I, I think that maybe uh, there's been a little bit of unfair criticism when I look at the Rotten Tomatoes score initially here after a few days of it being out. Um, I, I, you know, uh, but at any rate, we're going to, we're going to jump into that. Um, and I'll introduce first, uh, Erica, uh, Hicks has had some history with the Island Theater in Fleming Island, Florida near Jacksonville. Uh, she was just saying that she's been in 14 shows with that, uh, theater troupe and uh, has been a board member there, a director there has done a lot of theater. So, uh, we've, uh, known each other online and I knew that she's a theater expert. And then just briefly as well, Gabriel... Greaves, you've had him on before. He is, uh, you know, of course, a graduate of Kennesaw, Kennesaw State, State University. Um, and Gabriel, I hope I've got that right. Af- African-American and Indigenous history is kind of some of your expertise and, uh, you know, understanding. And also just a huge uh, Disney Renaissance fan as well. Uh, so you have that uh, same, I think, uh, you know, love that all of us do with for this genre. So uh, Erica, love to, to hear about your general impression of the film, Disenchanted. Um You know just a quick synopsis before we i suppose dive a little bit deeper
2: (laughs) well great thanks for having me on um initially going into it i like to go in with the um what is it uh hope for uh the uh, or what what is the saying there like uh hope for the best expect the worst (laughs) and um as a lot of times with disney sequels we don't always you know get the best, they're having some exceptions, you know, Mary poppin's returns and um you know they're uh, frozen frozen two, I thought was better than the original um going into it, you know i I even wrote my expectations down, I expected the music to be about like seven and a half eight out of ten, and the story about the same you know at the end of it i I think both had nine nines out of tens I think the music could have been a little bit better just because um. I don't know that that's you know, the music I thought in the, the original was was just like it, every single song knocked it out of the park, I thought, um, with the original and and I expected that a little bit more with this one. Um, but I, I still thought it was it was wonderful. And um I mean, how can you go wrong with Amy Adams and Adina Menzel? I mean <laughs> you have the Queen of Broadway right there with Adina Menzel. So I, I don't think you can go wrong with that. So but I was I was pleasantly surprised.
1: Absolutely, I, I'm with you there. I think that uh, it 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 did I'd like surpass expectations. I mean, we don't all know sequels aren't aren't going to always be a, that timeless, you know, level of just lightning in a bottle. I think you feel like with right. with Enchanted. I mean, you know, the elements that came together with that first musical, and even the the plot of this fish out of water in New York City, and you know the the hustle and bustle of that, and uh, it's a very different environment that we got with this film. So. You know, it maybe isn't going to live up to quite that level, but they have to take it into another a, a second chapter and, and do something different. And I think they, you know, did succeed in many ways that will probably get into some criticisms as well. But I I think that, uh, you know, people who have some idealized version of, of what they wanted here. I mean, you're, you don't want a, a repeat of the second. I don't know that you can get that. So mm-hmm. or rather the first uh, Gabriel, um, general impressions of of the film.
3: And you're on. Well, for me, um, personally, y'all can hear me, right? You can hear me just fine? Yeah, Cool. we can. So for me personally, I thought the film had a lot of awesome points. Um, I've always been a fan of Disney musicals uh, that are memorable. And I say the word memorable because the best musicals are the ones that are just simple and not trying too hard. So I thought that, you know, for the first Enchanted movie, I love the simplicity of it. I love the way that it had the courage in 2007, to make fun of the uh, the, the the genre of musical that Disney was coming out with, um, and they were tongue in cheek. In *Disenchanted*, I liked about several of the songs, but personally, I didn't really care too much for the movie as a whole. It doesn't mean I think it. Gets, I don't. It doesn't mean that I think it deserves negative reviews. What I mean is that. Um, in the first Enchanted film, you had about a total of four songs. If I go by memory alone, you had songs such as, um, you know, um, um, still dreaming of a true love's kiss. And then you had the refrain where they repeated it. Then you had the um, song she sung in the apartment, you know, a happy walking song. Then you had the song she sung in the, in, the, in the streets that was amazing, you know, how does she know that you love her? And then the ending song, you know, about so close. And then, like, one little quick little um, a repeat of, you know, I'm still dreaming of a love's kiss in a modern sense. It's so about five songs total. What I did not like about Disenchanted was that it was overkill with the songs. Like, literally, every two minutes, there was a song. And for me, when you have too much going on, it doesn't help you to remember it. There was about one or two good songs I liked in Disenchanted. My favorite one was um, um, Batter, you know, where she is Giselle and the, the, the queen of the uh, – well the, the, well, the lady who was uh, was extremely bougie, um, they went back and forth. I love the energy. It was very, very um, engaging. And I just love, you know, when um, Amy um, Adams goes to work showing her brilliance. But some of the other songs in the movie just felt unrememberable. It really felt, ironically, like a Disney sequel. <laughs> um, just having some songs, it was like there's... There was no reason for them to go to the villager singing a song. We don't need to know them. We're talking about the stepdaughter right now. Let's just go and talk about the story and get more energy on that than just having him singing for his own
1: sake. But I enjoyed the movie, nonetheless. I'd love to hear Erica reply to that a little bit, because you have a high impression of the music <laughs> I know. I, I thought that I'll just add to, to agree with Gabriel on one point, which is I think the first song particularly, which is Andalasia, and it's you know a kind of, I think, a you know, four and a half minute number that you have with, with the squirrel, which is by the way, I think a kind of a risky number to have an animated squirrel (laughs) in a mainstream film, like be your, your first number. But I mean, I I think it, it, it sort of worked. I mean, it's obviously kind of keeping with, there was obviously so many references as well to Disney that they threw in there and Easter eggs in that bit. Then they go to Amy Adams song, um, which is, I, I don't think was for myself, Stephen Schwartz's strongest work. Like there was like this stuff about riding a bike and flying a kite and when now we're suburbanites and I just like, you know, this is, that's not, it wasn't great lyrically, um, you know, for, for these Alan Minkin and Steven Schwartz who are, I think, give us some really good stuff in here. Um, but a couple of them, I think were weaker. Uh, so, uh, Erica, your thoughts on, you know, uh, pluses minuses here on the music.
2: (laughs) Well, I, I agree with Gabriel. The best, the the best song, was badder i mean i even had that written down like like everything like like i don't know if you would call it cinematography but i mean i guess technically i mean just the ending shot where you had both of them and you see them both sit down in their thrones you know like everything about that was absolutely incredible the the choreography um just with it both being they were both villains in that song and that that doesn't really happen you know um in in most in most uh shows or movies you know when i say show i mean like stage show you know that's what i naturally am, am thinking but you don't generally get a, a a two villain song and that doesn't don't generally see a competition so that was just the concept of it was amazing uh and then seeing like like Maya Rudolph but you know it's funny because I just had watched Bridesmaids earlier that day and I hadn't even made thought of it like oh yeah like I'm just hearing this you know um I that was my favorite song like when I got to the end of it I I I, like looked around and my son was like I knew you'd like that song (laughs) like he knows me um but I I I think like I said I I wished that um and I'm looking at the list now I think Love Power I I wished that one not the reprise, but the one that Adina saying, I wish it had been a little more um I wish I think I wish more of the all of the songs had been a little more Disney cheesy-ish. And I think they were more poppy modern-ish. And I and I wish they had been a little more like the princess movie, you know, like like that. Like how in the original Enchanted, we had, like you said, happy working song, you know, and and they were all a little like, yes, we know this is completely um, cheesy and absolutely absurd that we are singing to roaches and to mice that are helping us clean this house. But we love it anyways, you know, um, but it, as much as I liked the music, it definitely felt Below par for Stephen Schwartz and um, and Alan Menken. As, as, I mean, one of my favorite shows is Wicked, and for the for Stephen Schwartz, it, I'm like he was involved in this. Like it's a, it was a little bit um lesser quality than what I would have expected. But maybe they ran out of time. I don't I, I don't know. This is, it doesn't have to hit. Maybe I just need to hear it more too. I mean, sure. it, it could be that it, it just might need to grow on me a little more. And
1: that happens too. So Roger, what are your th- thoughts here?
0: Well, I kind of pretty I pretty much actually agree with Gabriel on most of it. Um I went in not I didn't really have high expectations for the film at all. Um, because I I like the first one and a certain aspect and I've seen it a few times, but the music f- come from that movie I associate more with the parks, like Ever Ever After is kind of more um more like Carry Underwood and at the theme parks with the castle. So I kind of associate it more with that. I, I watched the movie. I enjoyed it. I, I, it was fine. It was. I got. I didn't really got anything. Like I say, like nothing negative to say. It just didn't blow me away. Um, Badder is like the only song I could remember after the end of it. Um, it all just kind of blended in with each other and a bit like generic. And yeah, I, 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 I like I said, there's, I didn't. There's nothing wrong with it, but it didn't blow me away. So even you know, like you know, like a, like a seven out of ten kind of like it's good, but just wasn't amazing.
1: I will uh, stand up for it just a little bit to say I think there are maybe at least two or three other standout songs in it. Um, Which is to say the one I think with uh, Edward and Nancy together where they're back, you know, so James Marsden and Adina Menzel back as kind of the king and queen from Andalasia where they're kind of introducing the wand bit. Um, That was just, I mean, every bit, honestly, that, that, uh, you know, James Marsden, who is a King Edward in this, you know, and he's still, of course, that sort of fish out of water character. He's this very comedic, you know, kind of over the top, you know, Robert, you know, that we uh, we see in the trailer, etc. He's uh, so, you know, uh, he's just so over the top. So whenever he's on screen, I think it's very funny, and I think their bit together, it was fun to see him and Adina Menzel get to kind of do the whole magic wand kind of bit together, and uh, you know, even Morgan, there is some story stuff going on too, because the daughter Morgan, of course, is kind of asking and realizing, oh, I'm not a, you know, true daughter of Andalasia, and you're getting into these these themes about uh, kind of blended families and you know, stepmother kind of stuff uh, that I think does play out as you get further along in the story. But, but that was a fun bit. Um, and I, I will say, too, the actress who plays Morgan, I'd love to hear your thoughts, Erica, but, um, you know, this, the song she has, Perfect, you know, where she's kind of going around town very much like Belle and, uh, you know, even playing out some little uh, bits. If you've seen any of the, uh, the videos out there of, uh, you know, Disney, hidden Disney references in this film, there is some very funny stuff that we didn't even catch until we saw some of the YouTube videos out there, but uh, her song I think is very well done. I think there's a lot to it, and she I don't even I don't even know what stage background she has, but to me like wow she really you know gave a lot to this part. She talks in interviews about um, having grown up, having seen the original Enchanted, and it was such a huge part of her childhood. And now to get to be part of the sequel was a was a big deal to her. Uh, of course, it's not the original actress from the original film re- reprising her role, um, and and they're doing some interesting stuff there, you know where uh, you know, she was the wide-eyed little kid in the first one, and now she is the, you know, kind of teenager who's trying to make her own way in the world and have her own life, and there's some great themes there, uh, I think that are, they're that really rich. The other thing I would point out, would, I think, is, uh, Amy Adams' song, um, which is Fairytale Life, where she kind of makes the wish, and there is some great story stuff going on, I think, in that particular song, and, uh, so I, I would, I think there are a few that are really stand out, but, and with Batter, of course, I think being the best of them, um, which, by the way, if you've seen, uh, which I hope you have, The Muppets 2011 with Amy Adams, uh, you know, that, mm-hmm. it, there's a bit, her her uh, Me Party song, it kind of reminds me of 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 Batter, where she's kind of playing the camera, and, you know, uh, it's just a very Amy Adams bit, so. But, um, Gabriel, I know you wanted to jump in uh, earlier there.
3: Yeah, I think for me, I think... Um... What you go into a movie looking for makes the biggest difference because you know, if you this isn't to critique anything, uh, for people who really enjoy the movie, it's just to make a point that, um, if you're a true fan of Disney musicals, there's no requirement that everything be like. <laughs> I only say that because I found myself wrestling at times when I was watching the movie. I'm thinking I'm gonna watch it because I love Amy Adams, I love the first one, I love seeing, um, What's the name of the actor one more time? We plays, uh, uh Prince Edward, King Edwards? what's his name?
1: James Marsden. Thank you, James Marsden.
3: James Marsden did show theater, um, you know, before he became a Hollywood star. So, you know, he throws himself into his roles 100%. I love, you know, seeing him just over the top, um, exuberant, and just seeing his true love come through when it comes to the, the roles he does. I think for me personally, like, The message, I don't, some movies in the musicals aren't really sticking out to you as much. The message is what takes precedence. So when people critique the movie, I tend to ask, well, what message are you looking for it to say? Enchanted spoke about how, you know, um, certain themes that you grew up with, they're magical and over the top, aren't thrown out because they live in a realistic world. This movie talked about how things will go further with understanding the dynamics of a stepchild versus um, being someone's child and what that actually feels like. I can say, as someone who was a stepchild, who is a stepchild um, grew up in a blended family uh, that I felt what was going on with uh, Giselle and her daughter, how even Giselle had to apologize uh, to Morgan because she realized that she was treating her biological child as more significant as her daughter without ever telling her daughter, you really are my child. I thought that stuff was really powerful. So for me, the musicals not being as crisp as I thought or being as engaging for me throughout didn't face me with liking the movie, but I wouldn't say personally the musicals, you know, had to be defended or that it was all good. Again, for me, I felt bad or was it like, you know, uh, you know, but she doing you know, all that, I was, I was like, that stuff was brilliant to me. I loved it. Um, when they were just going in um and showing, you know, their 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 intense sides. And I liked the love power song too. I think at one point I felt to be honest, I thought. You're hitting these notes, but it's a little bit drawn out. Like, we get it. Love, power. We, we get it. <laughs> we kept repeating the same. Love, power. Like we, we get it. You did that. Yeah. I, I think if we ever are... get it, this, just get the magical memory, get the memories, get
1: the memories and move out.
3: You know.
1: Yeah. If you Disney uh, ever wanted to do a live action Frozen, they've already got a trailer in that song, basically. <laughs> no and question of that. it out. And
3: that's what I think that's why I've noticed. Like, if you like something and want to be continually good. What they could have done to improve the movie. Have more dialogue. And don't throw out the songs. um, to Try to force magic. That doesn't mean there's not a magical film. Um, But it's never going to be the exact same as the first one. That's what gave me some grace for it too. I wasn't looking for Enchanted Part 2. There's no way you can match Enchanted. Even the actors themselves have aged, So there's no way they look the same. Uh, is Is it Patrick Dempsey? Dempsey, that's his name. That's right. Even I can tell. Woof, all right, this is not 2007, and we all gotten older. So this is 2022. I am not expecting a repeat of what happened it's before, and I'm good with that.
0: You know, it's kind of funny because you say that because at the D23 Expo, Patrick was completely white, and you know, like, and then he's in the movie, and he's like got you know, like jet black hair. Go, well, someone's been there in the time.
1: It's just like like oh, you I didn't look you. like that a few weeks ago. <laughs> They, they call it stabilizing Roger. It's, it's, it's stabilizing your hair. Uh, uh Erica, you're I don't the, no <laughs> you're, Erica, you're the, uh, you're the musical theater person here. It, it is interesting to me that we moved from like a, a movie as Gabriel's pointed out with like four or five songs to 10 in this film. Um, uh, would you want to defend the genre or how this became a, a actual true musical versus enchanted was a little bit more, a little lesser than that. Um, uh,
2: the only thing i can think is that dina menzel was now a, a much more i mean she was a, a still a a an important well i mean, she was an important character they're, they're all important characters um but um uh, i think she was more of a presence in this one because before she was you know nancy was just that's who he's dating and I don't want to say she was a, a bad guy in, in the first one, but she was not as well liked, you know? Like she, she definitely, you had the abrasiveness because you could tell that she was trying to get along with Morgan and, you know, there there was definitely a little bit of friction there, but she was not, she was definitely just a side character. And this one, because she's now, is uh, uh, she queen or princess? Um, queen, but yeah. Nancy. Yeah. Um, so she has much a big, a much bigger role and I was like, wow, we have Adina Menzel. So let's give her, I mean, that's why I was not, if I had a voice like Dina Menzel, I'd be singing everything. So it wasn't surprising that that song was, she really drew that out. It it didn't really surprise. I was like, it's Dina, She can sing anything, you know? And I'm like, she could sing her grocery list and I'd be like, okay. You know? So, um, but it, it it is surprising to think back and be like, wow, this one did have more songs because, um, like I said, I remember the watching the first one and being completely blown away from the very beginning, and and this one, I was like, well, I liked batter, you know, and 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 I, and and I remember that, you know, um, um, but I I, I it's funny you mentioned James Marsden, <laughs> he he's just his character's so just great everyone else like you know um Giselle has adjusted to being you know in the real world (laughs) but he's that storybook character so he's so blatantly over the top and I love it I'm here for it you know um but it is funny because like now that you mentioned I'm like looking back I'm like wow that is more songs um like I said I think some of it I just need to, to listen to it more but um but I did like, you know, Morgan's song, I I thought that was, and I didn't know, I thought that was the original one. It wasn't until I looked at, back up on IMDb, because she looks so much like the original Morgan. And I was like, that's not her, you know? So that, that surprised me. She did a really, really good job. I mean, they did a good job of matching her up, because she looked just like her. So. They
1: did. Well, it, you bring up an interesting point about um, James Marsden kind of being sidelined a little bit. And... And honestly, even Patrick Dempsey, you know, I mean, his character who were Mm -hmm. such a big part of the first film. Um, But and and I can kind of I can almost argue both sides of this because uh, you you do. I think, you know, for instance, in in Once Upon a Time, the show, um, you know, the series that we're familiar with, I think most of us, I think as the series went on, especially you kind of saw male characters being sidelined a lot in that show. And it was almost like they, you know, the the female ones were always the one with the action and with the main scenes, et cetera, and the main drama. Um, And this one, like I think, especially when Edward like towards the end was like, oh, I'm going to stay in the animated kingdom and I'm not going to be part of, you know, the finale at the end. It's like, okay, well, you know, we, so we had Adina Menzel, we had Amy Adams and we had our daughter and, you know, it was kind of all the female characters sort of taking the lead there at the same time. Like, uh, the characters of Edward and Robert were such a huge part of the first one. Maybe they felt like they had to do something different. And, you know, that could have been an element of just story-wise. Like, okay, we've played out Edward being over the top in, you know, so many scenes. Um, You know, Robert and Amy's, um, you know, rather Robert and Giselle's, you know, kind of love story together. I, I, you know, I I wish they would have done more with that. I think there's more to say about, you know, marriage and... Kind of the uh continual aspect of of learning from each other and listening and you know becoming a couple and these kind of things I, I think they could have done more there, but um you know at any rate uh either one of you all thoughts on on that uh,
0: yeah i mean for me i to be honest i actually until actually started mentioning it i didn 't actually really even notice that was the key thing because they 're just there, but they 're not important' Th- there's not really their story it's not it's not really it's you know it's more about the stepmother and, and you know and robert's story was not important it didn't matter he was and that was how i i didn't really didn't look at it i would have liked him to have actually done the battle with the dragon and the troll when we'd have seen it but um other than that I don't really think it was needed, and it was the same thing, kind of with the prince. I mean, he came in, was all nice and stuff, but it was kind of playing up on the fact that they're just princes and they fight things. And I don't, I didn't think it was a necessary part of the story that needed to expanding much beyond what it was.
1: Thoughts, Gabriel, Erica? <laughs> That's good. Um, I agree.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Gabriel, you brought up this the contemporary issue of kind of blended families a little bit. Um, Erica, you're a mom uh, of of some children, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, and what and you obviously have the mother daughter dynamic here as a really key part of the story. Wonder what you thought in terms of if it felt realistic, if it you know was uh, was true to life, if there were some good insights in in that core relationship that you see between kind of Morgan and, and Giselle.
2: Yeah, um, and interestingly enough, you know, I was I was married before too, and was a stepmother in that situation too so um i i think i thought it was beautiful i mean i i i mean <laughs> it was funny because all four of us you know my our, our son and daughter watched it with us too and um when you know prince edward and um nancy come in the first time that they are bringing the scroll and, and the wand and they say it's you know it's it's for a true daughter a, a true daughter of andalusia and and then i was i realized i was like wait that's they're talking about the baby i was like that's all of us were like that's not nice you know like we in, instinctively all of us were like wow that's not cool you know and like felt that burn for morgan um i mean i i one of the first things i even took a note on was that before that um You know morgan even calls her mom which i thought was was beautiful because she obviously i mean in the first movie you know she's you could i know she says a couple times in the thing like well she could be my mom or i I want a mom or something like that so it's not surprising that even as a teenager now she's calling her mom um because they got close but i thought it was it was just so it was so beautiful um and so even for you know the final moment which i know we haven't gotten to it yet but but the, the the whole like crux of the thing um was just so beautiful you know with with her saying no you are a true daughter um i mean i i'm a crier anyways i mean that's just how it is but i mean i i had tears streaming down my face i, th- I thought that was so beautiful um i I definitely, I mean, as far as ornery teenagers go, um, I mean, I know they were trying, they definitely made a lot of correlations between it being, um, you know, it being like Cinderella and you know, the evil stepmother and the stepsisters and everything. There was a lot of, when I looked at the references, cause my family and I caught a lot of them, but even when I went back to look up, like I looked in an article and I, there were so many that I missed, but, um, I mean with it being like almost like a mirroring of like cinderella obviously the daughter you know morgan is not <laughs> she's not bad for even for being an ordinary teenager kind of thing um she she's a really good kid so it's you know they had therefore they had to make they had to make her um you know amy adams they they had to make her be absolutely atrocious for it to be there to be that massive con uh contrast between the two of them um but i i i thought it was absolutely beautiful i mean i i thought the the mother the love between the mother and the daughter there and truly just between morgan you know being morgan when i say the daughter i i thought that they i thought it was a beautiful i like that disney has done way more movies that are not just about true love between a man and a woman and like how frozen was between the love between the sisters. And then this is about like different, you know, like it's about the step thing, but it's, it's about how that love, you know, that love does stuff, you know, and that love, that true love there is what heals and everything. And I, I loved that. I thought it was absolutely beautiful.
1: It's beautiful. Gabriel, I can tell you, you're thinking about some things here. Oh, thoughts on these themes.
3: No, i just uh, in agreement with what she was saying just now. I think that um, the movie was wise to try to tackle some of those dynamics in regards to um, very real and very felt realities for blended families. Um, and, of course, the emphasis in this movie was on those who were stepdaughters and stepmothers, but I think it's a um, time message for anyone in a blended family. I would dare say, of course, adding on to that, I would dare say... Um, in all vulnerabilities, I can be real, if you came from a negative family experience regarding a blended family, then um, this movie could both speak to you and bring up some very real pains and problems. I've said that before in other spaces when it comes to reality that film is not just, you know taking in special effects and lighting. There are messages that are said and they hit people differently. And what I would like to say is that while I'm glad that Morgan and um, you know Giselle Made up at the end and giselle confessed morgan you are a true daughter of andalasia i appreciated that what i didn't appreciate in all frankness is the mindset that the stepmother trope means that you are by nature cruel. and i will say Fred, straight up i've seen women that have said honestly my stepmother was my fairy godmother it was not my biological mom who came through and saved the day she was more cruel than the traditional step stepmother uh that is talked about in disney so i think it'd be nice at some point um, to have some conversations about what it felt like for others that felt maybe the stepmoms were not. And Giselle's a stepmom, of course. Um, regardless, she's she's also Morgan's mom, but there is something to be said. Um, even with the ending, I'm glad that you know it was seen that Giselle had adopted. She had a spirit of adoption for Morgan, um, and I was glad for that. But just that dynamic of you know saying you want a fairy tale life and that means that um, you're going to be a wicked stepmother. There was a part of me that thought. You, it doesn't always go like that. (laughs) And again, that's just me. I know others can feel that way too because of going through life experiences. Um, But again, it's just different sometimes to explain that to people. If I make, that makes sense what I just conveyed, did it go on people's heads?
0: That makes total sense. Makes total sense. And because like, like obviously watching it from my point of view, it was a little bit like, because of the magic, it was like, because Gazelle was, all, was you know, she wasn't an evil stepmother. She had nothing but love all the way through. And it was, the, you know, that kind of thing of she was being forced, as you said, into that stepmother trope of being evil. And, yeah, it was it was definitely, um, you could see like like that inner turmoil between her and how she didn't
3: want to be like that. And you definitely saw that going right the way through. Yeah, it was hard for me not to think about that the whole time I kept thinking, yeah, she's under a curse, as the movie has said, but... She was a stepmother before and did a good job. She's still her mom, but she's also rede- She's also showing what a healthy step relationship looks like. So, yeah, everyone's different, but it may hit people differently. Um, if they walk around, if they walk away thinking, you know, according to Disney movie tropes, being in a step relationship means by nature you're going to be negative. You know, but some could say that maybe thinking too deeply about it.
2: Well, that's how people that like, I, I love Encanto. I mean, I love all things lin and Miranda. So, I mean, we want to talk about that. Josh knows we could talk, <laughs> we could talk about that all day. Um, but I, but like Encanto and I'll, I'll see things that people talk about Abuelo just like tear her down. And I was like, she made mistakes, but she made, she made them out of fear. Like, did you not see that whole part of the movie with the, the the two butterflies like or the two caterpillars like did you not see like she made them out of protection like she's and they make up in the end i'm like you know so but it, but it's like like what you were saying taking it from life experience and you know like people have totally different you know childhoods or even adulthoods experiences and then they're gonna take it a different way and interpret it a different way you know and but you know, so I, I completely understand what ch- what you're saying in that.
1: So, I I think the yeah the the confusing thing even about in talking about it this which has been this has been really rich. I love what you guys are saying. Um, is that it's a little bit unclear in how the curse works or whatever, and the magic of it, like how much agency that uh, Giselle has. You know, like is she being taken over by another entity or is she? But obviously she's struggling, and there's a an inner turmoil as you mentioned, Roger. So it's uh it's just one of those things where it's a little bit not, obviously it's all fantasy and it's not entirely explained, but it is, it, I, I, I like that it gave Amy Adams a challenge as an actress, you know, because we, I saw one review of uh, of this film, which was fairly negative, but it said, you know, I think Amy Adams is incapable of giving a bad performance in a film. And she just, you know, whether it's a dramatic movie, whether it's a comedic one like this, including, or the Muppets 2011, you know, she just excels, I mean, so- uh, to see her then take on this other role uh, in a sense and have to play dual personalities in the same scene. And, you know, it's not even like they're cutting away, obviously it's like, she's being both these characters at once. It was, it was fun to watch, you know, and to see what she could do with that. Um, I think that, you know, it does fall a little bit where this movie falls into um, is I, I looked in the kind of m- m- my wife and I in watching it, we saw, we thought, you know, this reminds me of some other plots and, we couldn't quite put our finger on it, and then I looked up kind of TV tropes and you know movie tropes that are out there, and there's there's a, a whole category called utopia justifies the means, you know, which is basically the evil villain wants to create a utopia and then they'll do anything to get there. We we saw it with the uh, Age of Ultron, you know, we see it with a lot of the Marvel films. We see it in, in there's some different Star Wars villains that that's the case. Uh, Harry Potter has a villain along those lines. Um, Brave New World, you know, all the way back to Aldous Huxley. So you know, at any rate it's an interesting trope. I think that obviously they're they're trying to create this utopia in that little city of um, Monroeville. And they do, you know, I think there aspects of it work. And I think part of it, by the way, is the locations. I mean, them going out to Ireland to film this and all the, the little town and everything, you know, you can see the grandness of that. I think it does elevate it beyond just a TV film or a, you know, a little, you know, made for Disney plus film, because this was probably, I would guess, maybe at least an $80 million movie, maybe even $100 million. You know, I mean, it, it could have easily been released in theaters. And I think it would have done better, by the way, than uh, Strange World that was out this uh, this last week. But, um, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, do you feel like that, you know, that that whole plot of her having dual roles, did it work? Um, you know, did it bring something new to that whole you know, utopia idea. I'm I'm curious what you guys think of the story and, and the, that kind of second act and where it went.
2: Yeah. I mean, I, I, I think first off, I think Amy Adams is a very, very underrated actor. Um, I, I know like a, uh, could have been a year or two years ago. Um, but I remember seeing something that at least at that point, and I, I think it's still true. I don't think she's, i i know she's been nominated i'm pretty sure but i don't think she's won any i know i know she hasn't not, won an not oscar. oscar
1: yeah that's true now
2: yeah she's extremely talented like like she's like I, there's so many roles and i'm like oh yeah she did that she did that you know um but to be able to play um like to go back and forth as quickly as she did like you said like it was like the same the same take like evil and then she like flips and then you know goes back and I'm just it was it was amazing to see and everything that I've read about her is that uh she's a very genuinely nice person wonderful to work with and so she it, and I speak from personal experience on this one I I played Maleficent in the Descendants musical this past spring <laughs> And that was the first lead role I'd ever had. And the first villain, by the way, I've ever played, I've always just played the mom or, or the teacher, you know, and roles that were just very easy for me to just slip into, you know, and I just got to learn the lines, the blocking and, you know, kind of get into character, but playing a villain, uh, that was a challenge. (laughs) It was a challenge. (laughs) And I mean, I, our, our teens at the theater directed it, it was a fundraiser and, um I'd be up there thinking I'm looking mean when I'm not saying lines or singing and I had the team director say to me Miss Erica we need you to look meaner up there and I was like I don't know I don't know how like I you know so I would like do this i was like "Is that better they're like okay it'll work you know and I'm like I'm sorry I don't know what to do but to be able to like the way she flipped through those like it was it was awesome to see I was I mean I I it had to have been difficult so I, I and also mad props to her castmates because I would have been I mean good thing it was mostly everybody was off camera because I would have been losing it laughing seeing, seeing a, a co-star like go back and forth doing that I would just been like all right I'll be in my trailer I, I can't watch this so
0: I thought that was quite f- interesting as well with the idea of the, and pretty much kind of obviously we're filming them in Ireland uh, I don't know if you've ever been to like the Wicklow area in Ireland and I mean, to be honest, some of the areas that they look like. I mean, where I live in rural England, they're not that, they're not that different. Um, uh, so it was the kind of thing of like, like, you know, that's utopian going on are going, that looks that's where have we gone from New York? Because it just it, it for me it actually took me out of it because I was just like, that's nothing like it. It was like the opposite of like, I could instantly just be like, this is way too far away from I know it's a utopia. For from, a, from a, like a New York point of view for Ireland. But for me, it just instantly just took me out.
2: Well, I'm from originally from upstate New York and I was looking at when they very first got to Monroeville and I was like, that's really green even for upstate New York with leaves and trees and everything. I was like this and I looked at the filming locations. I'm like, okay, Ireland, this makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that makes a lot more sense. <laughs>
0: And also as well, you kind of had this whole thing as well. of uh, My dog has Um That You could tell, and this one, my one little pet peeve with it was you could tell they filmed nearly all of this outdoors during the restrictions because it was like, there was like hardly any internal stuff.
1: That's interesting. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I think it's hard to match the, you know, what happened in Enchanted with the Central Park scene and obviously uh, how, how will you, you know that he loves you, etc. That That song is obviously a number that kind of, is one of the best uh, live action musical numbers that's been done in, in film in, in decades. Um you know, so but they they kind of tried to I think recreate that a little bit and the uh, yeah the, the environment was beautiful in, in Ireland. It did a tremendous job and you uh yeah from an American standpoint it certainly uh you know what did feel like a utopia. Uh Gabriel
3: Yeah and I would add on to that what's being said. I think that's what I was thinking could have been improved in the film to make it more memorable. Uh the first one um, this was not a bad film. I don't agree with people that want to trash this. This is a horrible film and it wasn't magical. I'm not going to say that ever. But I do remember watching the first one just cracking up at several points because it was such um, a blatant attempt to talk about where the fairy tales really, look, really do come true, where, where, where the dreams come true in urban America, <laughs> in an America that's disillusioned, when she was singing, you know, a happy working song, when she was singing that and the rats and the roaches showed up, I died laughing. I was like, did, did we just go there with the animal trope? I, I wasn't expecting that, but then I had to stop and think, you in New York City and I lived in D.C. D.C. is very similar. <laughs> so I had to stop and think, this is brilliant. I wasn't expecting, you know, a princess to have the wrong kind of audience and then her having to make it the right kind of audience. I liked how in the beginning of Disenchanted, it showed her having to say goodbye to her new friends, her new animal friends. And probably thought, what would an animated film look like if her having pigeons, brooches, and rats, <laughs> you know, singing like it was in Indonesia? I don't know, I'd be curious about that. But regardless, I think that um, at points, it was definitely humorous at different points, but I felt that some of that, I don't think, now that I think about it, let me take a spin back. One other thing I did like about the humor is that they had her understand sarcasm when she became wicked. <laughs> that was Brett, but it was different because she was very cold and it's just I think a lot of people I'll be honest I think a lot of people were probably taken aback by how different of a character Amy Adams was in this movie from her bubbly self that finally understood anger to being a very cold and calculating person who then understands sarcasm and says oh okay bump it <laughs> that's a shift for a lot of people that may have an expectation for what A disney musical looks like and not just a disney musical but musicals within a certain genre again it's like watching aladdin we all loved assuming watching the first aladdin you know every song from a whole new world to you know never have friend of my friend like me was amazing i would dare say most of us don't remember two or three musicals from the return of jafar am i correct about that (laughs) another single one (laughs) they sang they sang i remember iago sung one genie one. that wasn't really good Jazz and Aladdin re-sung another one, but even the musical tone just felt a little different. And they had less songs than D- Disenchanted. It just felt like y'all getting the paycheck for this musical, but it's all good, it's all good. I feel it. Like you, you, you gotta get that movie, you gotta get the money made. So I think for this one, because they were having to deal with an era shift, since it's not 2007, they had to make up for that. If this was made maybe like in 2010, 2012, that would be different. There was a different kind of atmosphere with Disney at the time. And I remember reading somewhere what stood out is that with Disenchanted, compare what happened to Enchanted in 2007. By the time um, 2007 ended and people were critiquing the Disney renaissance and the sequels more specifically, you went back to animated films like Tangled and uh, uh, Princess and the Frog. Tatiana from uh, uh, the, the, the the frog prince or uh, you know see i remember i got that one so sorry, go back um um but you get my point we went back to animated films and the traditional disney trope. so i think a lot of people they may still be in that kind of mindset now they're like we don't really need to see critiques about stuff anymore let's just have a standard fairy tale and not have too much wit or any wit at all and that's where the negative reviews are coming from mostly that's the most
0: I also feel like had this had a theatrical release, it would have had a slightly bigger budget. We'd have had a little bit more, uh, maybe some of the scenes might've been a little bit more extended. Like the, like the, I mean, the dragon was awful because uh, you could just tell they were trying to save money. But I do feel like, you know, this got shifted. I would either got, imagine it got shifted to Disney+. Plus way much in the early stages when they were trying to work it out. I feel like if they were doing the decision now, they probably would be like, no, we'll put it out in cinemas. Cause they probably could have made two, 300 million on this and got the money back quite happily. Same thing with Hocus Pocus 2. I kind of feel like these two movies might be one of those things that going, yeah, we need to kind of up this a bit, I feel.
3: And it's different having movies after the fact. I mean, Disney Plus has shipped a lot of stuff. When Enchanted came out, it was an in theater experience. You had a whole bunch of people there, even small little things. mean, like the scenes shifted somewhat, they would kind of fade out, right? And and I was thinking, like, that's that's not how it was in the theaters. This definitely feels like a Hallmark film, a Hallmark watch-at-home film. And, it's, again, it gets you in a different kind of mode. where You're like, it's just not the same as seeing it. I didn't see it in theaters, of course. I had friends that saw it in theaters. I saw it on DVD. And such a thing existed. But I still thought it was pretty good with what they were able to do with it, to make the point, you
1: know. See, I'm, I'm usually a huge critic of uh, so many of the Disney sequels and prequels and the endless kind of re- repetition that we're seeing, especially the live-action remakes of, uh, of Disney classics. I, I hope that we see that trend die soon, uh, although it doesn't appear to be that way. Um, you know, it's uh, this one I felt was, you know, some of the things that, that are not working on Disney+, for instance, in my mind would be like Home Alone 6, And the cheaper by the dozen remake that everyone kind of forgot. And, you know, like there's just, there's no reason to do that. And I, I felt this at least had a reason to exist. Um, And you did get back all the four main leads, you know, with um, Amy Adams and Patrick Dempsey and James Marsden and Adina Menzel. Uh, You know, to me that, that, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that do elevate it and it, it does, did make it more than just a, let's make a quick buck, which I know is the common narrative. and, And that's one that I'm, I'm certainly prone to agree with, but I think in this case, it is something special. I think it probably stands among the best Disney Plus originals up there with Hamilton, um, you know, up there with, uh, by the way, if you haven't seen Clouds, another great musical type film, um, Togo as well. So there's a few, you know, a, a few number of Disney Plus originals that have been done. And I think this certainly stands uh, out from others. But Erica, I feel like there's a few things you've wanted to t- chime in and, <laughs> and say here
2: um no i mean as as far as i don't know like as far as the the sequels things go i mean i mean i don't i don't know like like, there's not many in my opinion like as far as like sequels go and remakes like i i'm not a big fan of (laughs) of remakes there there haven't been too many that i've even um enjoyed And and i'll be honest there's not too many that i've even wanted to watch um i i did enjoy especially specifically disney i i've a i grew up my my grandparents had one of those huge satellite dishes that are like i don't even know if you can i know dish network makes like the smaller ones but i don't even know if people buy the huge ones anymore for personal use but um so they they would get like you know the the 10 hbo's and the 10 disney's and disney west disney all this stuff um so i would go to their house and watch like like all the old Haley Mills movies and all those like, you know, so I grew up watching, you know, I loved Haley Mills. And so like the old parent trap was, was my thing. That that was one of my favorite movies. And then when they did the Lindsay Lohan one, I was like, how dare they just redo a classic. Yeah. I was like offended, you know, <laughs> but I feel that way about any like thing that I don't even want to say from my childhood, but it, cause it might've been from somebody else's childhood that I just happen to see in my childhood, you know. Um, but I, I, I'm very much like, a, how dare you redo Red Dawn or <laughs> something? You know, I'm just like, please just stop, you know. Um, but also I feel that way because like I'm a reader and how many books get published. And, and granted, not every book is suitable to be on screen or something. But there's all these books that get published every single year that are great that turn that into a screenplay. Stop redoing stop redoing perfection you can't do it you know um but like but therefore though the the parent trap redo i i was very surprised, pleasantly surprised i was like this is actually great they didn't uh they gave nods to the old ones and so many and, and disney's great about doing that um like in this one like the references to all. Oh, all of these, like I said, I, I noticed a lot, but I had to look it up and I was like, I missed that, you know, all these different things that they, 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 you know, put those Easter eggs in. Um, but I, but like doing the cheaper by the dozen, I was like, do you not realize like the Steve Martin and I love Steve Martin. I, I, I love that man. But like, even those ones were remakes. I was literally just in the play version of cheaper by the dozen. And I didn't even realize that, that that's. The, it's i mean I knew it was a true based on a true story, but they're from it's from the twenties, like that's when the family you know it was from hundred years ago, and I was like, Wow, we've really redone this a few times, can we just stop you know, and sometimes I just feel it's like well, it, you know it'll put some money in our bank account, let's just check off some boxes, change some things, you know and and I'm like, you're just ticking more people off here, you know by changing more and more things like that like you said the home alone six i'm like when i when i saw that i was like like it's like you know what is it in Spaceballs, rocky 5000 you know it's like that's what you feel like it is it's like this is a joke right (laughs) like how many more times can you just keep doing this like can we you know
1: yeah
0: yeah, I don't it's, mind so much with them doing like remakes of like you know, like movies from like the 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. I think you know, they're yeah. far enough of gone, but when you're doing remakes and people like with Cheaper by the Dozen where well, they didn't even realize most people didn't even know that that was a remake of a remake, yeah. <laughs> and it was just like,
2: or like, it's like yeah, or we, we just, just had it. You like, know. I understand, like, now I love Poltergeist, the original Poltergeist, but I understand why, like, hey, we've got new technology that's come out, we can make this look like a little bit more like what they. Originally intended it to be a little scarier or something. I understand, but 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 I was like, we just did this movie ten years ago. Why are you redoing it again? You know, and I'm like, you're really just pushing it now. Like you're just angering us. Like we know the '80s and the '90s, or '80s more than anything is apparently everybody's favorite because everything is coming back. But you know, it's just it, it just drives me. It drives me nuts. You know, and. I, I don't understand, like Josh, I think it was your post about this, like, or maybe it was Doug, our friend Doug's, but redoing Flight of the Navigator, I'm like, Disney, Disney, why Why are you doing this? Why? why? Yeah. No, we don't need to do this. Let we me jump in here real now. quick. Say,
3: sorry, let me jump in here and say something real quick before I begin Absolutely. Begin. I think that something that people are very keenly aware of, if we have time, um, they're very keenly aware of the fact that you can only go so far with remakes. Um, because at some point you're gonna get through the whole movie series of the Renaissance and have nothing else to do but it make something it new. You know, you're gonna have Beauty and the Beast in 3D or Beauty and the Beast in virtual reality, you know, Aladdin again, <laughs> not only live action, but whatever new technology we have, you can only go so far with these movies. Um, I've still got the whole of Pixar to go yet. About <laughs> but I think that a lot of the remakes are actually good. It's just that um as it concerns the actual mechanisms Disney has, they have to be creative. I know there's a Little Mermaid coming out at some point soon, I'm looking forward to that. Um, And there's been a lot of craziness that's been said, you know, but as a person who actually loved the musical, you know, I was an African-American child that loved Little Mermaid in 1989, I believe, because it spoke to me. But for people saying, well, Ariel's a ginger, I stopped and think, this is an educational moment because you know that redheads are also black too, right? You all you do know that <laughs> people don't know that they don't realize that there were actually mermaids in African folklore and mythology. They don't realize what it's like culturally for people to be watching a movie and see an entirely different set of experiences because for the most part, we have to wait until Tatiana and the princess and the frog actually have a black princess, but black kids were enjoying the movies and the remakes up to that point. So now that it's become reversed, I think it's actually challenging people stuck in an old way of thinking to not realize, you know, you can remake things as long as it's fresh and it speaks to what's going on today. You know, and again, I just I gotta throw that one out there because I see a lot of the conversations coming up. Some people say mermaids can't be dark skinned at 20,000 feet under the ocean, even though they can say that talking crabs and women that are half octopus and purple are logically able to exist, but somehow-
2: And steal voices and- Steal voices, and steal things, drums I mean.
3: in the water. That's possible, that's, that's scientific. For a girl with light skin or brown skin, red hair—it's just it's mind-boggling. Yeah, I mean,
0: I—I I saw some of the footage at the D23. It looks—it's amazing. I mean, I can't wait to see it because it, again, it's, it just looks the 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 effects with the ha- with her hair just look stunning. It, oh yeah, I can't wait to watch the whole thing after to see, and there's just like a three minute clip of it. It just, it looks great. And,
1: and you know, uh, as a fan of musicals, I mean, goodness, the director, Rob Marshall, he comes, you know, he did Mary Poppins Returns. He did Chicago. He did Disney's uh, Annie, you know, so this is a talented director of musicals, Rob Marshall. And Haley Bailey, who has been cast as uh, Ariel, she is, you go listen to her music. I mean, she is a phenomenal, um, you know, uh, voice. So, uh, we do need to, uh, I think, close it up here where I, this is obviously, I think coming out next summer, the little mermaid, but, um, you know, yeah, uh, disenchanted that is, I think has been a, I think it's, it's in a sense, an exception to the rule when it comes to sequels and, uh, and some of these remakes. And I think it is worth checking out. There are unfortunately a number of, uh, you know, negative, negative reviews and things out there. I think, you guys have have given us a little bit more to chew on in terms of the themes of it, and uh, in terms of uh, what there is some things to appreciate about it. Um, so uh, Morgan, has
3: she was in the. I let that Morgan's true love was a multiracial man. I don't. I wouldn't let that one I, slip. Uh, I was uh, by, yes, okay.
2: that was awesome. Yeah. No. That's cool. And don't read reviews. I mean, I I don't read reviews anyways, or at least if I do it, I don't. I don't let it ever affect how I'm gonna feel uh, about the show. You know, like my daughter, every once in a while, I'll be like, "Well, you know, this review said." I'm like, "I, okay, I like it."
1: So, <laughs> Well, Erica, thank you for bringing your expertise to this. Gabriel as well. This has been tremendous. Roger,
0: yep, thanks everyone. And thanks um, thank- <laughs> yeah, it's been great. Um, and remember, you can go check us out over at what's on at DisneyPlus.com. Remember, you can subscribe, like, and follow, and find us on all the different social medias. And on that note, guys, thank you very much. See you guys soon. Later's. Thank you very much for watching this video. Make sure you go check us out over at whatsondisneyplus.com. Like, follow, and subscribe. Also, a huge thank you to all of our supporters over on Patreon
2: and also on our YouTube channel memberships. And I shall see you guys in another video. Laters.